Welcome to the Six Ranch Podcast. Today we are answering the questions that you submitted, and I have with me Erica Gilliland, who is uh, not a wildly experienced hunter, uh, but she is very willing to answer these questions, and I, I hope that you enjoy and can use the uh, terrific advice that she's offered. Here we go. I have with me Erica Gilliland. Hi. How would you like to introduce yourself? I would like to introduce myself as uh, Erica Gilliland. I am 42 years old. I am once divorced. And I currently have adult braces. And I do not live in a van down by the river. Why not? Well, the braces might put me there. (laughs) What kind of a van would you go with if you're going to make that move? (sighs) Oh, That's a great question. I would say an old panel van, because that's what I grew up in, uh-huh. with airplane seats. Sure. Mm-hmm. You didn't literally grow up in a panel van, but... Oh, we rode around in it. Had one for transportation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, today, Erica, a bunch of folks have submitted questions that they want answered for hunting. Some of them are specific for this hunting season coming up. Others are a little bit more general. You and I have hunted together once. Twice. 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 Do not forget the second time. Well, the one time was very memorable because it's the only time that I've ever taken someone hunting who had the goal of shooting the smallest buck possible Yeah. for a jackalope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We achieved that goal. We did. Yeah. That was a fantastically small buck. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. And it never got turned into a jackalope because it turns out they're pretty expensive to make. Yeah. And when you see like these gas station jackalopes for like, you know, $47, people are losing. They're losing hand over fist. I don't know how they afford to do it. Yeah. Maybe there's like a jackalope production line someplace. Well, you know, they breed out in South Dakota. So. Oh, the the natural ones. The natural ones do. I think that's why you can pick them up cheaper towards that. I see. Yeah. And then there's the exchange rate at the South Dakota, Mm -hmm. East Dakota border. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start getting into Wyoming, Idaho, price starts going up. Sure. Makes sense. The first question. Are you ready for the first question? I am. This one comes from Eric Strand. What product has had the greatest impact on hunting in the last 10 years? Whew. That's a loaded question. What product, Eric, has had the greatest impact on hunting in the last 10 years? I'm going to say mass production of urine. Okay, tell me more. Well, you know, prior to the last 10 years, uh, urine was a little bit harder to come by in different species. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really been great to see the synthetics start coming around yeah keeping that chronic wasting disease in check hopefully yep yep Mm. yep and uh you know i've been thinking about how i could get some urine uh i've got a little bit of a fox problem right now and i got some advice okay that maybe i should try some some cougar urine interesting yeah maybe maybe uh scare off the fox you know, I think I might have some cougar urine around here somewhere if I looked hard enough. Yeah. Synthetic or real? I think it's the real deal. Um, every once in a while when I'm ordering trapping supplies, I go down the urine rabbit hole. Mm. And there are a lot of urines available on the commercial urine market today. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. You can pretty much get any kind of pee you want. Yeah. And maybe some that you don't want. And maybe some that you don't. Yeah, if we're being honest. Oh, what do you think? Synthetic over real? Is there much of a difference? Uh, you know, I, I just haven't dabbled that much. Um, for the most part, the urine thing is like a, a deer hunter type, type mm. thing. And, well, I'm going to turn it into more. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I've found that the the fox urine, my dogs react to really strongly. Like if I put fox urine in the yard, Ooh. any dog will stop what they're doing, roll in it. Okay. The coyote 
and bobcat stuff doesn't seem to have the same effect, but they're really into the into the fox. And here. the foxes. Eric, I'm going to go ahead and uh, chime in on this one and say that I think you're going to disagree. Range finders, range finding technology has come a long way. Well, that makes sense too. So we're sort of in an age of of speed in bullets and arrows, where we couldn't couldn't range well. Range finders were a little bit dicey. The good ones are hard to afford. Um, so we're shooting these super fast projectiles in order to sort of combat that. And now that we have good range finding technology, we can understand trajectory and we can go back to using heavier stuff that mm. functions a lot better when it gets there. Makes sense. You could also pinpoint how far out you need to make that urine line. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, don't, don't I was doing discount. good. I was doing good up until that point. Um, all right, we're gonna move on to question number two, coming from Peter Howell. Pete, what is an ethical distance for shooting? How do you determine an ethical distance? Shoot, Pete, that's a loaded question. Also, you know, in my experience, it just depends on where you're at and what you're hunting. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I'll, I'm gonna say. <sighs> closest to a target I've ever been was, uh, oh, I'd say probably 30, 40 feet. Yeah. Yeah. My first hunting experience, actually. Did, did that feel like an ethical distance? Um, I felt like it was it was a, a kind of an ambush on the poor buck. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a surprise to me. It yeah. a surprise to him. Sure. It ended up in my favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it should. As it should. Yeah. Um, I ended up dropping the one buck that only had one horn. There was a three point and a four point. Of course I I I didn't quite make the mark there. And when the buck landed, he landed horn side down and we thought that I had shot a doe. Ah. It's a scary situation. It's a scary situation. Pulled yeah. his head up. Man, old one horn. Okay. So this sounds like you potentially shot a unicorn um, because deer have antlers, not horns. And if there's only one of them, was it spiraling like somewhat out of the middle of his forehead? So James, that's, you know, it was rainy. He was under a tree, kind of probably napping. Is that consistent with unicorn behavior? Yeah, definitely. When I've seen them, they've definitely, it's, it's more of kind of like a misty morning type of a deal. Gotcha. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do prefer mist. They do, and this buck particularly did. And I, yeah, I think he was kind of a crossbreed. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Yeah. Okay. How about, um, I think what, what Peter's getting at here is like. Dude, I feel bad how, about being that close. No, Should I have given this buck more opportunity? No, I think what he's getting at is like. You know, long range shooting is a thing now and right. people can go out on the target range and they're like, oh yeah, I, you know, on my Easily. sixth shot, I totally hit a clay pigeon at a thousand yards. A thousand yards. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. A thousand yards is what we want to talk about. But then since they had that success on the range, some people think that they can do that while they're hunting. Yeah. And not very many can. Yeah. That's yeah. probably not ethical. So how, how do we know how far out is an ethical shot? I think on the back end. On the back end. All right. So I was a little too close. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to say I think that the animal should have the opportunity to know that you're even there. Mm. You know? Okay. If you're across an entire canyon, Mm -hmm. you're shooting a thousand yards. Yeah. That's not really fair. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you uh, you want to give them a little bit little bit more of a chance kind of even up the playing field yeah what you're thinking yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna stick with that answer 500 yards 500 yards yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna firm these numbers up a little bit more okay Um, great just just from from my side of the house if you are a 100 percent shooter at a specific range it's gonna be different for every individual and every different type of weapon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but say you know, you can hit a target exactly where you want to hit it. Every time at 100 yards when you're practicing, then I want 60 yards to be your maximum range when you're hunting. Mm. Kind of a 60% rule there. 60% rule. So if you can hit that clay pigeon every time at 1,000 yards, 
back it off to 600 for, uh, for I was close. actually hunting. I was close. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. I can tell you that I don't know anybody who can hit a clay pigeon every time at a thousand yards. But I know a couple guys that can hit them sometimes, and those guys don't shoot at animals at a thousand yards. Yeah. So, nah. dial her back. Dial her back. Question number three. Okay. This one Ready. comes from American underscore antler underscore hunter. American antler hunter. American antler hunter. Not American horn hunter. Not like my unicorn hunter. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. Right. And I'm I'm interested in how you answer this one. So here we go. How do you use thermals to your advantage, and how do you read them? I'm guessing we're not talking about long underwear. (laughs) (laughs) He could be. He could be. There, there is some vagary in this. There is. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to the long underwear first because I do have that experience. (laughs) Uh, Not unicorn hunter. Antler hunter, American antler hunter. Is that yep. is American that antler hunter? American antler. Uh, a. How do you use A-A-H, A-A-H. Uh, I'm going to say yeah. that what you don't want to do, speaking from experience, is put a pair of thermals on under jeans. Don't do that. Not while you're hunting, no. Okay. Mm-mm. Should you put them on over your jeans? Nope. Just probably skip them. Skip the thermals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Skip the thermals. Be bold. Start cold. Uh-huh. Yeah. That way you're just really acclimated. Sure. Makes thermal sense sleeping me. bags? I mean, I don't know. What type of thermals? What else do we got? What so, are our other options, James? I mean, there's there's the thermal optic that is um, seeing light in the infrared portion of the light spectrum. Mm. So you can mm. see the, the different heat signatures of everything that's out there. Ooh. That, um, feels, that feels like cheating. And then there's also thermals being wind and how wind rises during the day when the ground gets warmer than the air temperature and wind comes uphill. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably... Probably where he's coming from yeah. or she is coming yeah, from. So how do we, we don't know if, if we're dealing with a male or female. Yeah, American Antler Hunter <laughs> uh, wants to know about these, these thermal winds coming uphill during the day, downhill... At night, yeah. that kind of thing. How, how do we just, read them? How do we use them to our advantage? Well, what I do is I kind of feel for the wind because mm-hmm. I don't have that equipment. Sure. Yeah. So you can feel better without the long underwear on. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe so, take your pants off altogether. <laughs> yeah, that could be a great strategy. Uh-huh. Some people do that. Some people do that. Um, especially if you got your jeans wet and they're sticking to you and really bogging you down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, yeah, you just kind of want to feel where that wind's coming from. Upwind, downwind. That's my answer on that. Okay. Okay. How about you? What say you? Well, there's more to thermals than just the wind going uphill during the day and downhill at night. Mm. There's a really shifty period, you know, a lot of times around 10 a.m., 5 p.m., depending on the shifty time of year. Winds. When it's going to you know, huff and puff back uphill, back downhill. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. those will be periods where animals are either getting into or getting out of their beds and they're getting information from both sides. From the wind. From the wind. Shifty winds. Yeah. So I would say don't make a move on a critter unless you have a steady wind. Mm. Um, And just know that it does come down to ground temperature. So when the ground is cooler than the air, the wind will come downhill. The air will begin to sink. If the ground is warmer than the air, mm-hmm. then heat will begin to rise and the wind will go uphill. You can also, in most of the Intermountain West, really count on like a 2 p.m. strong uphill wind where okay. it'll start gusting. And that's a good time to make a move on something because those gusts of wind are going to make some noise and it'll disguise you coming through, you know, dry brush and things like that. Especially if you still got your jeans on. Yeah. If you've taken them off, though, you could give or take on that 2 p.m. wind. Well, some people take their pants off to sneak up on like mule deer bucks and things like that because skin is less noisy than fabric. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Giving myself uh, away a time or two with that uh, fabric. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the synthetic real zippy kind of sound and stuff, that's a bad sound. It's a bad sound. You want to stay away from that. We don't want that. 
Yeah. It's not found in nature. Okay. Well, I hope we've satisfactorily answered that. A-A-H. Casey Wilbur. All right. When you've jumped an elk, what's your approach to pursuing it? Shoot as fast as you goddamn can. We're just going to shoot. I'm just shooting it. Okay. Done it. All right. Dropped her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or we're, we're shooting while it's running? Sure. Up the hill. Just mm. rolled down a bit. Yeah. You, yeah. You got her, though. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what if, you know, say you're bow hunting? Mm. That's a whole nother story. Is it? Yeah. You got to be quick on the draw. Maybe you have to already be drawn. Maybe you should already be drawn. Just walk around the woods with your bow drawn back. Well, I've heard that that could be kind of dangerous because you might release an arrow on accident and shoot the wrong species. You could get tired. You could get tired. Yeah. Probably Fatigued. within the first 30 seconds or so. Prob- probably. Yeah. Yeah. It could, so that could very far. I could kind of work against you, but uh, I would say... Again, that's where you're going to probably want to get naked and have the urine on you if you're bow hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> really use all of right. the disguises. Yeah. So, use that 2 p.m. wind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm thinking that maybe we didn't um, have enough urine or we had the wrong type of urine involved in this scenario and we weren't paying attention to the thermals and yeah. that's how we jumped the elk. That's probably what happened. Yeah. yeah. You, you were... You were not hunting with the correct type of urine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or you were not listening to the wind. So there's that. There's, yeah, there's those that. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, you need to make a, a big flanking maneuver and just take a guess at where that elk is going to end up. But it's probably going to run into the wind uh-huh. so it can know what it's getting itself into. Yeah. So then you just shoot ahead of it. Well, you're you're going to have to go way out around and then come back into the place where you think it's fleeing to. So flanking it, I've got to move. Yeah. Fast. Uh, fast, slow, eventually. But okay. I mean, it's you're probably not going to be able to just shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really encourage people to shoot at running animals. All right. Well, yeah. it's worked for me a time or two, James. But okay. also, if you are naked, you want to make sure that you've used some anti-chafe if you've got to flank that animal. What's your go-to with that? Like um, powder? Yeah, monkey butt is what I used it- before in... When I used to ride motorcycles. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it made with bits of real monkey? Definitely monkey's ass. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised that hasn't been shut down. That seems like a... Ah, well, might have. It's been... It's, it's been few years since I've tried it. Yeah. When I was uh, trail running, ultra marathons, stuff a lot, I definitely carried a little tube of Vaseline with me. That'll work too. That can be a a day saver. Yep. Yeah. Not really scented. You could put some urine in with that, probably. Mix urine in with the Vaseline? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That Uh, might really be... We could be onto something here, James. Yeah. I mean, two... Patent pending. Two birds, one stone. Mm Mm-hmm. Flank them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we are drinking some uh, some beers that were sent to us by New Belgium, and uh, I think we're dealing with the purest, the which purest. is cleanest lager on the market. That's what they say. Ninety five yeah. calories, a little bit of alcohol. Check this. Listen. That's what it sounds like when you open mm-hmm. one. That's what it does. Okay. Okay. Thank you, New Belgium. Dalt twenty two. Drew a sheep tag for the South Snake River and is looking for some tips, some hot tips. South Snake River. Get your ass in shape. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be wanting to think like a sheep. How do you even start that process? I don't know. I don't know where he lives. We're missing a lot of information on this question. Uh, Well, I mean, the thinking like a sheep. Well, he's going to need some rocks to go practice on. He's going to have to go do some rock climbing, hill climbing. Okay. Yeah, steep yeah. country. It's rough country. Yes, it is. Yeah, are you are you packing in on foot? Are you are you riding a horse, mules? What's the situation? Hopefully not llamas. <sighs> Hopefully not. Yeah, that's highly frowned upon. There were a lot of llama questions that got submitted uh, that I felt targeted by. Um, really? Yeah. Like we're hunting with llamas? It's a thing. It's a thing that people are no. into. No, it's not. Yeah, they use llamas instead of um, pack mules or pack horses or their back or, you know, goats are a, are a healthy choice. Shut the front door. Yeah, people are 
A it, goat's going to drag out an elk? Well, you got to cut cut the elk up into pieces and then... Yeah, little you know, pieces and you got a whole herd of You know, go, goats. Go, goat can carry, you know, 40 or 50 pounds and uh, they don't need much food or water and you don't have to lead them. They just kind of follow you around. All right. All right. So that's the goat advantage. The goat advantage. Um, I mean, I'm not... I, I've never seen it. Okay. So maybe consider... Maybe you should take goats. Yeah. You know, the the Department of Fish and Wildlife is really going to frown on that because they have a strong belief that domestic, you know, livestock can uh, and will spread diseases to these these yeah. bighorns, which are really feeble and uh, die quickly from that. So yeah, we don't want that. We, we need Dalt 22 to get in shape and realize the severity of the country. It's severe. Yeah. If you're not from around here, Dalt, take a little uh, Google Earth tour. Yeah. Maybe come maybe come out early. You're going to want to come out early and do some scouting. Mm-hmm. Do you have a guide? Yeah. Or are you just winging it? Probably need to think about some things like uh, it's it's a fairly early season. can be pretty hot. Yeah. There's rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes. Yeah. Are you going to stop at the tavern and, and enter the rattlesnake contest? Potentially. I mean, so it's something somebody should put on their list. Yeah. Um. He probably needs to think about getting some good optics so that he can glass a lot and be able yeah. to identify animals from a long ways away. Yeah, definitely. Like we were saying, urine with the optics, with the Vaseline, probably skip the thermals. Mm-hmm. So are you going to be hot enough? Yeah. And then I think he needs to have a good plan for how to get that sheep out of the canyon quickly. I was going to say, also, if you shoot... And that thing falls a long, long way down. Yeah. How are you going to get it out? Yeah. Maybe, How are you going to find it? Maybe think about uh, talking to somebody with a jet boat beforehand. Jet boat. Yeah. I know a guy that has a jet boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't operate commercially in Hell's Canyon because it is... I was talking about you. A federally navigable waterway. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, I was talking so about you. So even though there are dams in there that don't have locks so there's no possible way to pass these dams the snake river is still federally navigable all the way to practically boise really which is just crazy so it's under the purview of the coast guard so you have to have a coast guard issued captain's license wow. then you have a have to have a special uh special use permit from the forest service which you have to some real coin pay a lot of money for that's yeah. yeah, very very prohibitive to, to operate commercially down there. Yeah. So talk to one of the commercial operators that's down there. Yeah. Hell's Canyon Adventures, Mark. Guy, oh, yeah. Yeah, super good guy. Heard of them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's running that canyon every day. Might be able to drop you off somewhere, pick you back up again. Yep. Yeah. Don't let that sheep fall in the rapids. Lots of lots of uh, poison oak. Ooh, yeah. Bad deal. That could be a hunt ruiner. Hunt ruiner, especially if you've taken off your thermals in your pants. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going for the no pants approach and you get into a bunch of poison oak, that could ruin your once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to say you're probably going to want to, this is a pants on type of an operation. Okay. Keep your pants on. Keep your pants on. That's we my advice. Any other sheep hunting tips? Think like a sheep. Think like a sheep. Move like a sheep. Keep mm-hmm. your pants on. Keep your pants on. I don't know what kind of urine you're going to need for that, but your optics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely have some yeah. good optics. And look into hiring a commercial guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a good idea. Okay. J.R. Masters. J.R. Masters. I know that guy. Yeah, you do. Do you know that I know him? I do. How do you know that? Well, because, you know, there's just not a lot of folks that live here and <laughs> end up knowing him. You know that. All right. J.R., what, <laughs> what's your question? Um, I'm very much looking forward to your answer to this question. Oh, gosh. What military tactics correlate to success hunting? Mm. And there's a couple people that asked similar types of questions. I feel like they're fairly pointed at me, but I'm right. going to let you try and bulldog this one first. Okay. Well, I mean, I, mean, I am kind of a bulldog, so... Mm. Can you repeat the question? What military <laughs> tactics correlate to success hunting well i'm gonna say good marksmanship mm-hmm. um i'm gonna also say knowing your weapon mm-hmm. um knowing your opponent yeah 
Give me another minute and I'll think of something else. Yeah. How's that for a start? That was good. That felt serious. I was being serious. Yeah. It's kind of a serious question. It is. Uh, That's so far the only question I've taken really seriously. Yeah. All right, JR. I'm going to say that um, having the mindset of of zero failure, mm. like no matter what happens, I'm going to change the plan. Uh, a mission is not is not based around effort. It's something that you have to accomplish no matter what. So having that mindset is really helpful to succeeding because there will always be things that go wrong. And Amen. You, yeah, you just figure out how to adjust and move from there. As far as, as tactics go, um, utilizing terrain smartly, mm-hmm. um, having an expeditionary mindset, making sure that your gear all works ahead of time. These are all all important things. And then teamwork. Um, there's nothing really that gets done in the military by individuals. Uh, it's all, it's all part of a, a team and a unit. And even when you have individuals who achieve something fantastic and are awarded for that, they were able to do that, that thing that take that, that heroic action because of the support that they received from a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So you don't get anything done on your own. So reconnaissance is a huge part of it that goes into scouting and just really understanding your mission and, and going after it and, you know, never giving up at it. Love it. Do or die. It's a good question. Yeah. Wallawa Photography asked, what's the best deer rifle for the money, new or used? I really don't know. I'm going to say I like my rifle, which is a 7mm 08. It's a great gun. It's a great gun. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I promote that gun all the time. Somebody asked me yesterday, they were thinking about getting a, a rifle for their wife, and that was the gun that I, I told them to get as far as a, a caliber. Used guns have fantastic value like they're one of the best valued items in the outdoor industry because a gun really doesn't wear out right wear out a barrel maybe if you shoot lots and lots of rounds really quickly shoot the wrong round yeah well that just breaks it yeah but uh i've never done that mm -hmm. i know someone who has sure uh as far as new guns gosh there's there's a lot of a lot of good ones um it really just depends on what you're trying to trying to accomplish. So I would start start with a with a caliber, and I think that a seven mm oh eight is a great all around caliber. If you're only hunting deer with it, a twenty five out six and a two forty three are are both going to be good cho- choices as well. They're low recoiling. You can find the ammunition readily. The ammunition isn't terribly expensive. You know, people who are getting into hunting put more focus on the gun than they do on the scope. And that's a big mistake. So yes. I want to see people spending more money on the scope than they are on the rifle. I'm going to second that. Yeah. And then get really good ammunition. Yeah. So you can have a very mediocre gun with a great scope and great ammunition and perform at a high level with it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to second that. Woods boss. Asks, is Kevin Harlander really as good as he claims to be at calling elk? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard him call an elk, but yeah, he is. He's great. Yeah. 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 I don't know. With a guy named Kevin Harlander, of course he can call elk as good as he says he can. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Kevin's a pretty humble guy. I've never heard him brag about oh, stuff so, yeah. other than his ability to like eat walleye. Ooh. You know, because a Midwesterner can't make it through, you know, half a dozen sentences without talking about walleye at some point. <laughs> so just knowing Kevin, if he's if he's making a claim about his ability to call elk, he's probably underselling himself. It's underselling. Yeah. He I think, under- he, I think he should should be on here calling elk yeah Yeah. i bet we can make that happen yeah uh kevin hunted for 17 straight days 
one time in a unit and uh, ended up calling in quite a few bulls during that time and then ended up calling in and uh, killing a really nice bull, really big bull in a really steep and dark canyon that I got the pleasure of helping him to pack that bull out of. So you've heard the calling. I've heard the calling. Yeah, Kevin used to guide for me. Yeah, he's I've he's heard called, that name a time or two. Called, called in a lot of bulls. So, yeah, Kevin's a good guy. He's good at calling elk. I was I, right. I, I think that he probably uh, lives up to his claims. Yep, yep, I was right. Who's my gut feeling? Okay, I neglected to write down who asked this question. So if you hear this, uh, make sure you message me so I can get you your discount card. Uh, what's the number one most important technique for backcountry bulls? Somebody that can call them in real good. Call them in? <laughs> I was actually afra- afraid that you were going to say urine just now. So. Well, I was. I was thinking about it. That's a staple, I think. Yeah. You just always have the right urine with you. Yeah. You know, open your vest and you have kind of kind of a, an assortment, a variety pack. Okay, so like you're selling watches on the docks back yeah, in the 1700s mm-hmm. or something. Kind of like that. Kind of just open it up and then you can kind of see what you need. Yeah, get a little spritzer. A little spritzer. In the backcountry. And then also know how to call them in. That's yeah. going to definitely serve you well. Calling's going to help. So something that people need to realize about the backcountry is that the reason folks go deep into the wilderness to hunt is because the hunting is easier once you get there. Mm-hmm. So there are bulls that live right on the edge of town. There are bulls that live right on the edge of a trailhead. But they're a lot harder to call in because they've heard more tricks. Mm. So the farther you get away from people, the less that elk has been educated by people. So he's easier to deal with. Gotcha. So the hard so thing... They haven't heard all the people practicing right. on their back porch. Yep. Uh-huh. So the hard thing is just getting there and then getting that elk back out of there once you've killed them. Uh, the actual so hunting... The goats. You're going to want to bring goats. Might be a good good time to have a, a whole bunch of pack goats. Pack goats. Yeah. I'd say not less than 30. Not less than 30. Maybe intersperse it with some... Um, Miniature horses, miniature mules. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be Mi- cute. Miniature mule, in all seriousness, is a is a pretty powerful tool. 100%. Yeah. They can carry just as much as a full-size mule. Yeah. And they're, they're adorable. Very cute. Usually have a degree of sassiness. As mules do. Uh-huh. And, and all miniature and things. All miniature things. All miniature things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Question number 10 comes from E-O underscore kid. I think we're Eastern Oregon kid. Eastern Oregon kid. Yep. Eastern Oregon kid. What are the do's and don'ts of calling elk while rifle hunting? Mm. Well, you don't want to have one of those, um, you know, the big the big ones. You want to have the, the little mouthpiece one. Okay, so you want to have a reed. You want to have a reed. You want to have a diaphragm like yeah, this. Yeah, Not you don't like, want to be getting all jumbled up with one of those bow hunter big old bugle horn things. Bugle tube. Bugle tube. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. So we're we're not going to use a bugle tube just because it's just too much chaos to have it's on just, your body. Yeah, it's just a lot of gear. Yeah, you need to save that space for the urine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any so that's that's uh, it. That's it. Just, just that's a don't. What it's a, a don't. Okay. Are there but any do, do's? Do have the read. Do have the read. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's I, that? What do you think? That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say, I do understand the elk bugle all, all year long. Oh yeah, they're always talking to one another. Yep. And I've heard bulls bugling and trying to breed cows in November. So have I. I'm on back door. Yep. Yeah, so calling is is definitely a thing during rifle season. The thing to be aware of is you've got goons from California trooping around the woods, and they might fling a bullet at the sound of a bugle. Ooh, And if good you're making that sound, point. you could end up with that Californian's non-toxic bullet inside your butt. Mm, we don't want that. No. So um, be careful when you're bugling. Maybe wear some orange. Definitely. 
if hot pink. Hunter's neon. Hunter's pink. Hunter's pink. Hunter's green. Yep. Hunter orange, blaze orange. I did a bunch of calling during a rifle season in Colorado last year, which was in October, second estrus type time of year. Mm-hmm. And whenever I bugled, I tried to be in a place where I was either enclosed in vegetation or sort of in some kind of depression in the hillside so that I did have some protection in case somebody decided to shoot at me. Yeah. Because there are some absolute freaking idiots out there. It'll shoot at you even if you're wearing bright pink. Yep. Yeah. So be careful. Sitting in a lawn chair. Of that. You got to be careful. But definitely bring a call with you when you're rifle hunting. You know, a, a reed doesn't weigh anything. It's small. You can put it in the put it in your hat band. And, you know, you might need to get a bull to stand up so you can take a shot if you come up on a bedded bull. And if you wait, there's a chance that when he stands up all on his own that you weren't paying attention if you've been there for an hour or two. And the next thing you know, he's walked off and your opportunity is lost. But a nice soft cow call can usually get that bull to turn his head and look up towards you and give you that nice broadside opportunity. I love those broadside opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't really? Well, I missed one once. Okay. Uh, Wild at Heart 23 Mm -hmm. asks, besides lichen, what else do elk eat during the rut? Hmm. Well, probably what they can find. Can't argue against that. Yeah. Grass. Grasses. Mm-hmm. Bushes. Uh-huh. Other various things. There was a uh, a gal I went to college with, and she was also from the great state of California, mm-hmm. and had no idea about anything hunting. Mm-hmm. And she explained to me how to catch a moose, which was that you would take... Catch them. Yeah. A. How to catch a moose catch is... You dip a stake in honey and hang it from the limb of a tree. Mm. And that would attract the moose. The honey? Because he would want to eat the, the honey steak. The moose would? Yeah. Because they're carnivores. With a sweet tooth. With a sweet tooth. That was that was her technique. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to guide a little. Did you? Mm-hmm. One of the best questions I've ever been asked was, what time of the year... Do the deer turn into elk? Right, which is obviously October. <sighs> yeah, I, I was going to say late el- fall. Which is why elk season comes after deer season. Exactly. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's there's just stuff that that people just need to think about a little bit more and look at the schedule of they, these seasons. Yeah, if they would reason like, them out. Oh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, this is now when the deer have turned into elk. And... And once in a while, you can find one of those magical unicorn bucks if the mist is right. Yeah. yeah. Er- early morning mist, preferably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's all logical. So I, I'm i going to say that elk will continue to eat grass where they can find it. If they can get into a cool, wet area, they'll still eat forbs if they can find those. Whenever an elk can find forbs, that'll be the the bulk of their diet clovers things like that yeah it's like forbes 100 yeah yeah uh it's money but generally speaking by that time of year all the grasses have become dormant and no longer have much nutritional benefit so they're starting to browse on on limbs and leaves Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. things like that hay bales hay bales if they can find (laughs) them yeah especially alfalfa ones which are also a forb they ain't no dummies. Now, I hesitate to read this next um, submitter's name because I feel like I feel like it might be fake. I feel like I'm, I'm being set you're up being duped? by one of my friends here. All right. But, but I you're ge- going to do it. Genuinely received this. And if it's a real question, I feel like we need to answer it. All right. So I feel six, like it's going to be a good one then. 6-5 Creedmoor fan for life asked, I'm scared of bears. How can I avoid getting mauled and eaten? <laughs> Don't go in the woods. Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods. And zoos, probably. And zoos. Yeah. Another thing um, that you're going to want to do is probably probably don't wear steaks with honey. That would be a good start for avoiding getting mauled Eat. and mm-hmm. eaten by a bear. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, stay out of the woods, uh, don't go to zoos, or fall into a bear enclosure. <sighs> it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Well, uh, six Or you f- could make friends with them. You- That's what I've always wanted to do. I'm a bear lover. Okay. Lover of bears. Yeah. I've always wanted a, a pet bear. I think your mom and I share this in common. She does also want a pet bear. Yeah. Someday. A baby pet bear, which will turn into a larger pet bear. Well, by the time that happens, I'm going to... No, it's not. Because I'm going to have it trained like Bart the Bear. It's going to be starring in movies and stuff. Was Bart like a unicycle juggling? No, Bart was in movies. He was a big old grizzly bear. Highly trained animal. Oh, he was the one that was in The Edge, like chewing on Anthony Hopkins. Yes. um, Bart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had that lip curl thing. Yeah, he's all about those lips, throwing mm-hmm. those lips. Very yeah, expressive. Lips. He's an expressive bear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's a possibility is that he could just befriend the bears mm-hmm. and avoid being mauled and eaten in that way. Mm-hmm. Lay really still. Mm-hmm. Heard that works. I would Tell say jokes. Uh, you know, if you're in bear country and you're you're concerned, make sure that you're making some noise so that you're not going to startle a bear. That is antithetical to most hunting practices because we want to be quiet out there. Keep a clean camp. Don't, uh, keep a clean camp, pick your garbage up. Yeah. Don't leave food around. Don't pour your bacon grease out on the ground and then sleep next to it. Or wear steaks with honey or wear steaks with honey. Uh, choose the right urine. Choose your urine carefully. You knew it. Yeah. Now you're starting to think like a real hunter, James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta use the urine. And then, as far as uh, the avoiding getting mauled and eaten part, uh, bear spray has limited efficacy. So Shoot them if they come from downwind, and uh, you've got good bear spray in time to take it out and remove the safety cap and pull the trigger. All those. And that bear hasn't been sprayed before. Then bear spray is gonna definitely help you out. A gun. A gun. Yeah. Pistola. Can kill a bear, and a dead bear can neither maul nor eat you. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You won't get all Timothy Treadwelled out Mm-mm. there. No, we don't want that. He tried to befriend the bears. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You've got to read a. You've got to know how to read a bear. Sure. If they're coming for you, you're going to want to shoot them. It ate his girlfriend, too. Yeah, That's I know. That's kind of a bad deal. Like, that kind of, he should have shot him. Yeah. Might have wanted to have a gun at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. Don't um, get on your bike and ride away. Yeah. It's not going to turn out well. Yeah. That was a fake video. You're not fast enough. No, you're not. Yeah. It's going to catch you. Yeah. Bears can be fast. Very fast. Yeah, man. I don't know what to tell you. If you're scared of bears, I assume you're talking about grizzly bears. I'm afraid of them too. Bears can smell fear. I definitely try to stay out of grizzly country. That's just kind of, kind of my my approach. But with grizzly bears showing up in lots of new places, that's really no longer an option for me. So I just know that where I am, there are also grizzly bears. So I carry a uh, ten mil pistol. I practice with it a lot. Uh, I feel competent with my ability to use it, and you know I think that the the last line of defense is uh, is using a handgun if that's all you've got left. Shoot them. Shoot them. So, 6'5 Creedmoor fan for life. Scared of bears. Hopefully, we can get him over that fear or uh, help him avoid the bears. Our last question comes from Biggs5 Outside. What supplies are in your hunting pack? (laughs) So good. I got some hand warmers. Mm Mm-hmm. Those little... Things you stick in your pockets. The little chemical yeah. granular ones. Yeah. yeah. Warm those puppies up because I do a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, ammunition. A knife. Earplugs. Earplugs? Mm-hmm. In case your gun's not... Loud. Not ho- silenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you're uncivilized and you don't have a silencer. They're expensive, all right? Yeah. Yeah, I am uncivilized. Yeah. Um. What else is in my... Some snacks. What kind of snacks? Well, it just depends on the year, whether I'm, you know, trying to be healthy or I don't give a shit and it's full of candy bars, Pop-Tarts. Mm-hmm. Well, hunting season is 
Halloween season as well. Mm-hmm. So well, it's, I'm you very can't, familiar. can't walk in a store without seeing a 10-pound bag of candy. Right. It's hard. Yeah. But you don't want noisy snacks. So you got to take that into consideration. So maybe leave the pistachios at home. Yeah. Yeah. Gummy bears. Gummy bears are good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Some good uh, good energy you can get off of a gummy bear. Yep. Yep. Um, bottle of water. How much water do you carry with you? Well, not much. I'm a fair weather hunter, you know, so mm-hmm. a bottle. A bottle. Yeah, I I'm like going to have, the back country, you know. I like to have two liters of water with me. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Some people carry a lot more. It's pretty heavy it's stuff. Really that heavy. Water is. But water you, is. you also need it to survive. And that's why I don't stray too far from the uh from the town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, last time I hunted I was uh six months pregnant. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You can't go too far. So what supplies are in my hunting pack? You know, I've got a headlamp in there. Mm, that's a good call. Yeah. Some extra batteries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got game bags. Good call. Got a little bit of parachute cord so I can tie those game bags up in a tree. Again, probably not going to be out that late. So yep. good on you because mm-hmm. you're prepared. Yeah. I bring a little bottle of whiskey with me. Mm. Some of that good whistle pig. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A bottle of Willie Pete in there to celebrate in case there's a cause for celebration. Definitely. I bring an extra pair of socks. That's good. Ooh, sometimes you need a shop towel or two. Yep. It's good to have some toilet paper with you. Yeah. There was a time when I just could not remember to bring toilet paper with me, and all of my hunting shirts had the sleeves and bellies cut off, and it was pockets out of your pants. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. No, you don't want to be pine-coning it out there. You don't. No, you don't. What's your go-to natural, you know, bathroom situation? Well, I'll air dry if I can. Okay. If, if not, and it's a situation, mm-hmm. leaves. Okay. Yeah. Mullen. I like mullen. Mullen. I've never tried mullen. It's quite nice. Huh. Yeah. Soft. Soft. Softer, a little bit fuzzy. Uh, it's long dur- grasses can work. Durable, okay. If you yeah. get if you're in the right situation. Yeah. Do you like wad them up in a ball or like make a rope or kind of you... like in a kind of like in a wad situation? You know, kind of like a like a bird's nest. Kind of like a bird's nest. Just cover your hand as best you can. Do you then put the bird's nest in a limb so that somebody might go to investigate it to see if there's eggs in it? That would be great if I had more time invested into it i might think about doing that Mm -hmm. yeah but i don't like being out without at least a couple squares in a plastic bag yeah a lighter block oh a lighter is a good call yeah you're gonna want to be able to start a fire yep Mm -hmm. so i think at the baseline if you have some parachute cord and you've got a knife and a headlamp and if you know, if you have a map and a compass, that's a pretty good idea. That's or, good too. Or you can but use, know how to use a compass. Know how to use it. Yeah. Or otherwise, it doesn't help you with anything. No, I've been in that situation too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are completely relying on their phones now for their maps and their GPS. Don't fall into that camp. My phone GPS has not been that spot on lately no sometimes it thinks i'm in a different state sometimes it thinks i'm miles away from where i actually am they're not reliable yeah and there was i don't know it's gotten bad lately i used to count on my phone and and onyx and things like that a lot um base map is another really great one but i just don't know if i can count on that anymore so when all else fails get down to the bottom and follow the river out yeah, go downhill. Downhill. Not uphill. Not uphill. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you go downhill, you always run into society eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. Go back to our uh, sheep hunter from South Snake. You're going to have to go a long ways downriver before you find another human. <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to have You might want to have good hiking boots. Yeah. And some snacks. Yeah, definitely some snacks. So... You know, I'd like to give you the opportunity now, Erica, to just uh, give people any general advice uh, in hunting that you feel like they need. Well, I think that um, 
what you need to do every year is try something different. Mm. You know, don't rely on the same strategy. What's worked one year might not work the next, so try something different. That's great advice. Yeah. You can learn from that. You can definitely learn from that. I think uh, every year that I've hunted, it's been a different different scenario. I've had to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. And you get better each year. Um, in theory. In theory. In theory. You have that opportunity. You do have that opportunity. Okay. Definitely, you don't want to shoot your weapon too frequently. Gotcha. You know, like maybe just break it out once before hunting season and shoot it. I mean, if you can hit a target three times, you're probably ready to go. Right. So don't like practice throughout the year. No, no, no. Mm. You don't want to do that. Okay. Kind of takes the fun out of it. Gotcha. <laughs> so you you kind of want that suspense of like, am I actually? Am gonna I going to hit it? Uh huh. I hit the target three times. Sure. I'm good to go. Call it macaroni. I'm I'm sighted in. Yeah. Haven't touched the scope since, uh, you know, 1971. Since, since last year. At least. Well, since last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that is advice. It is advice. You can take <laughs> it or leave it. I didn't say it was the best. Mm. It could be bad. Sure. It could be exciting. Yep. Yeah. I've killed an animal or two in my time. I've seen you do it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, I hope uh, you find some resolution for this fox situation. I'm going to try and help you out with that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. She's going down. Erica, if people want some follow-up, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you to seek out more advice? Well, I think they'd have to go through you. They would. Yeah. They okay. can They can request. I mean, you know. You want me to, to know- filter that out? Yeah, I would like bit. you to filter that out. If they if they want to, I mean, I'm on the, the Instagram and stuff, all that jazz. EJ Gilly, I think is my name. I don't even really know. Um, but uh, it takes some getting used to. I'm kind of like a mold. I grow on you. Mm. Conditions have to be right. Okay. Not everybody may appreciate my advice. Sure. I've given here today. They might not be ready to hear some of this. They might not. So it might take some time. Mm-hmm. They might think need to. It. They might need to digest it. Yeah. Think about it. I I mull it over. I'm going to be thinking about what we've said here for a while. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to th- be thinking about what kind of urine you're going to be taking with you this hunting Obviously. season. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And how many times you shot your weapon? Okay. So if you have any follow up questions uh, for Erica, you can. Message me, and I'll kind of filter those out and then send the the best of those on. The best of the best. On to. Bad hunting advice. E.J. Gilly. <laughs> yeah. On the Instagrams. On the grams. Thanks, Erica. You're welcome. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Today's podcast was mostly in jest. You can ingest the things that we said. This this is mostly for fun, folks, and we're going to keep doing it. This episode was edited by Emily Brannigan, with original music written and performed by Justin Hay. Artwork for the Six Ranch podcast was created by John Chatterlin of Yellow Rose Tattoo in Salt Lake City and digitized by Celia Christofferson. If you enjoyed the show, I encourage you to share it with a friend and subscribe. You can find photos and more content on Instagram at Six Ranch Podcast. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>